this is The Dose, The Dose of Positivity, hosted by the one and only Mike Diamond. In this episode of A Dose of Positivity, I sit down with my dear friend, Dan Ziegler. Uh, this is an incredible, uh, listening back to this episode, you know, there's just so much in it that, was, that you guys are going to be inspired by. Dan grew up in a small town of 50 people. Um, his high school only had 135 people in it. And uh, he went to college. And after college, um, really a turning point happened in his life. He got into a, a scuffle with his uh, twin brother and he suffered a broken neck. Um, when you hear this story and how he recovered from this broken neck, it's pretty amazing. He went on to then win the natural Mr. Olympia contest twice in the men's physique category. Um, it's just, you know, I mean, this, his life and how he lives it is what this is all about. I mean, there's so much education, inspiration, and motivation in this episode. You guys are going to love it. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode and again, have a beautiful, blessed day. This is a dose of positivity. I'm Mike Damon, your host, and today I'm really excited to have a very dear friend of mine. He's a fitness expert. He's a two-time Mr. Olympia natural. Now, I'm going to say that again, natural champion, not <laughs> drugged up like a lot of these guys are. He's Mr. Dan Ziegler, and he's jumping in the studio right now to come live. Dan there he is. Hey, Dan. stoked. Quite the introduction right there. Thank you, Mike. Oh, this is nothing. Wait till you hear it done. I'm going to go back into your bio and really stretch it out. But nice. here's, here's why I'm excited. So not only are you a two-time natural Mr. Olympia, you've done so many competitions, but I want to go right back to the beginning of where it all started for you so people can get inspired, educated, and motivated, and then mm. talk about the tragic accident that you were in that nearly you nearly lost your life and somehow turned it around with all this adversity become the champion legend you are so take me all the way back like where were you born where'd you go to school and, and where okay. did it all start for dan okay so where i was born so i was born in ventura california and so grew up with the beach life for the first like six or so years and then we my dad didn't like crowds and so he took us up into the middle of nowhere, Canebrake, California. I know no one has ever heard it. And actually the population of Canebrake, California to this day is 50. Literally, <laughs> literally 50 people. It's up in the mountains between, I hate to associate it with Bakersfield and Ridgecrest. So there's yeah. Bakersfield and Ridgecrest and you have to go up over a mountain range to get to either side. And we lived in that mountain range. And how old were you when this happened? So we were, my brother and I were 10. I have a, tw I have a twin brother. So if it, in all honesty, I, okay. So bringing that up, if it weren't for having him, I don't know what I would have done because there's literally no one up there. And so I, I, I think that kept my brother and I kind of sane and kind of grounded because who knows if I was just up there by myself, what I would have got myself into. That's so, uh, yeah. yeah, so, so, um, so that's that. So grew up in the middle of nowhere. And then first chance I got, I guess, so I shot off to, I'll just fast forward to college. So I went to Bakersfield College because it was- Well, hold on college. one second. So yeah. you're at 10. Where did you go to high school? Up there? Yeah, up there. 
All right, did you? All right, because you're right, hold on. You're an athletic freak, so I got to go back here. Did you okay. play sports? All right, like, so, I need to know this because it's 50 people in the town. How did you become such an incredible like athlete? Like this is crazy. So you, 50 people in a town. Yeah. So with your brother, how many yeah. people in the school? Five. So, well, okay. So here's the thing. Well, with our first school, um, our class was 50. So when we graduated eighth grade, our class was 50 people. <laughs> and, and so, and this is this is going out. So if you have the school right here, you're going out an hour and a half in every direction and our our eighth grade class was 50 people total the school wow. the school from kindergarten to eighth grade i think had 130 kids kindergarten to eighth grade going an hour and a half out in each direction yeah, so that was um the school was south fork elementary and so we did have we had soccer we had basketball and volleyball and the crazy thing is so we traveled two to four hours to play other schools and sports and our basketball team we literally practice outside on like backyard courts and when we went to these schools these schools all had gymnasiums like nice gyms and needless to say we were horrible at basketball um <laughs> we didn't do well but it was just crazy like literally blacktop courts with horrible rims no nets like that's how we practice and we drove hours to other schools to get our our butts handed to us pretty much but so yeah go ahead go. no no yeah, um, i was gonna say that then then obviously now did you do do because you're like people don't know this and they're gonna look you up but mm. like I I was an athlete all my life, right? A sprinting yeah. champion. I've been around athletes. Your physique and the way you move, you know, you're a top like one percent athlete. Like you, Thank you're you. built. Like you are. Like you, yeah. I was like, oh, I, honestly, this is why I love going back because honestly, this is what I thought. I thought you grew up trained from the best, right? Seriously, yeah. Like had the best. Like you at six years. I thought you were going to tell me six years old. I got this mentor and blah blah blah. And I'm like, what? You grew up in a town with fifty people. Yeah. So it's like, how did you? Like, I just physically, you're such a phenom. How did that happen? It's you really, know, really remarkable. I think it. I mean, it may have something to do with my brother and I. We were constantly hiking around in the mountains, just wow. that route. And then him and I, my brother and I, we did like. We would play catch together every day, stuff like that. And our team, our school did have a soccer team, and we really did excel in soccer because that's a very common ground. You don't need, like, top of the line, like, courts and whatnot. Sports, you just go yeah, out in the yeah. field and you play, just like a, a lot of, like, other countries, right? It's very accessible. Yeah. So I think that's where we got our start was playing soccer, believe it or not. Yeah, but it's a good athletic sport, great cardio, it builds up your endurance, great flexibility. It gives us a sense of discipline as well. Yeah. So so I think it it really honed in on that um the discipline aspect of everything. And of course so we wait. Well, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, no, no, you, 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 you. And like you were saying as far as you were a sprinter, um we did do a lot of track meets and whatnot and did well like long jump, high jump and long distance. I wasn't much of a sprinter, but I I was good at long distance. Yeah, you well, you're tall, you're lean, you got, and, and you're you're yeah. more of a what a, a mesomorph anyway. Yeah, are you an ectomorph? You're a mesomorph. It, it's yeah, like it's like it's right in the. It's actually middle. ecto meso, kind of yeah. like a little hybrid because yeah. my brother he doesn't train like I do, and I think I have, I think I have like twenty five or thirty pounds on him, 
And I think that's because we lean more towards ecto. Yeah. Believe it or not. Yeah. No, no, that would make sense because su- when you get lean, I remember when you're in competition, it's like crazy. It's like, yeah. You're like Brad Fit Fight Club leaner. Yeah. It's kind of like just super, super dry. It's dry. hard. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's hard, hard to explain. Yeah. And it's, it's hard for us to gain, but as soon as we need to like drop body fat, oh, it's gone. Yeah. So, all right. So you get into college. Where did yeah. you go to college? So went to uh, Bakersfield College just because it was the closest college. And I got my associates there. And then after Bakersfield College, there were a lot of things that happened in between, but I ended up going to Long Beach State. And so Long okay. Beach State is where I got my degree in kinesiotherapy with a focus on fitness. But there was a lot that happened in between there, like going from a town of 50 to living with some friends that I had made in Bakersfield down in Hollywood on Hollywood Boulevard, Hollywood and Wilton. So complete opposite ends of the spectrum going from <laughs> going from horses and cows to crazy people on Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, so you're in your twenties, which is amazing yeah. college. Yeah. Now you, did you ever get into drugs and drinking or were you pretty clean? So, you know what? I did get into drinking quite a bit. And yeah. I, I guess that's typical, more or less, like just weekend binges, stuff like that, like Thursday, Thursday college night through like Thursday through Saturday, just uh, going pretty hard. And it kind of, so it was just, it was relatively, I would say, relatively normal for the college life. But once I had, and we'll get into this, obviously broke my neck. That's when things kind of took a turn. Okay. So how did you, how old were you when you broke your neck? So I was 26. Oh, wow. um, All right. So here's a question. So yeah, did you, were you bodybuilding before then? So, uh, yes, I was, okay. I was bodybuilding, but it was more so, it was just very casual. I, when I, um, when I went to college, I had some, I, I lived with these two Russian brothers that were like literally Ivan Drago, like, <laughs> like one of them put Ivan Drago to shame, like with how huge he was, he was juiced out of his mind, but he was, he bad. was really cool as a mentor to me. And him and his brother knew that I was like, I clean, I, I was, I was clean, like, let alone, I never stepped in a gym. I, oh, this is one thing in regard to school. I never stepped in a gym until my freshman year of college not oh my once god and, and i played That's... sports played sports throughout my whole like elementary school high school like played baseball went to a cif finals i always started sophomore on a varsity team but i never played football i was a wide receiver never once did i step into a gym That's until, crazy. until my freshman year Wow, that's yeah. cr- and college, not school, college, freshman year in college. Yeah, freshman year in college. So you were like what, 18, 19? Yeah, I was um I think I was 19 the first time that I stepped into a gym. Wow. All right, crazy. So yeah, that's crazy. So you're 26 and you break your neck. And yeah. you can get as deep as you can get talk about whatever you wanted to. It's your story. So you, I I'm not gonna push it. So you tell me what happened or you can go, you know, detail okay. or not. So um one other thing that I did when I was from elementary school on, I wrestled. And uh, so, and pretty much did that all, all throughout my life. And this was 
after a night out of drinking, um, everybody's having a good time. And my brother and I actually got into a, a wrestling match. And so um, it was, there's a lot that went into it. He blocked out. It got really bad and ended up breaking my neck. And he doesn't, he doesn't recall anything from that night. And it was, and there were some things leading up to that with him and his behavior with alcoholism. And even after that, um, that had happened. But yeah, so that's pretty much people think, oh yeah, you probably did it like surfing or snowboarding when they heard that I'd broke my neck because I'm very avid into surfing and snowboarding. And then I tell them what had happened. They're like, they can't, they can't believe it. And mind you, this is my, this is my twin brother. So yeah, so that's wow. that. I so, honestly, all right, so you're breaking neck, right? Yeah. And then the people don't understand this. You, you could die with a broken yeah. neck. It like was you a, could be dead. You could be paralyzed. You could be dead. This is yeah. this is freaky, right? Yeah, it was a it was a C one C two fracture. So this is where like um, Christopher Reeves he had broke his neck. Yeah, yeah. If you sever your spinal cord right there, you're either you a quadriplegic. You you're be on the respirator your entire life because your lungs don't function, or you're done. And so luckily, so luckily. Prior to this, I had been lifting, building up muscle, and that's what saved me from actually severing my spinal cord is having the muscular foundation that I had to prevent that from happening. Even though the break was there, there was still like elevator scapulae to like stabilize that helped prevent that um, severing of the spinal cord. Do you think the wrestling helped as well? Because wrestling oh. is so grueling and that, you know what I mean? Your neck strength when you wrestle, because you do neck exercises is crazy because wrestling is a no joke. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like that definitely yeah. had something to do. If I didn't, again, if I didn't have that foundation, it would have been a different story. So what's this, the recovery? This, this, this call wouldn't be happening right now. Yeah, no, no. You know how I knew? I didn't know. Yeah. And that's why I love to go deep because I saw a video, uh, you know, I'd suffered from the stomach surgery and the colitis and like dying. And I yeah. saw the, I'm like, wait, you broke your neck. How the hell? Like, I was like so intrigued. And I was like telling people, this guy broke his neck. I like bullshit. He can't look yeah. like that and break his neck. I said to him, so, okay. So you're 26, you break your neck, you're in hospital. Yeah. Now, what is the recovery? How long were you in hospital? How long did it take you to recover? Man. Um, so immediately went to the hospital that night and I had, I had initially not really come to until I was in the hospital because I was knocked out. And, um, so get there and I'm on the, on the bed. I come to, and they, they tell me, all right, so, so here's the deal. You've broken your neck and you have two options. You can have surgery now for the fusion uh, the C1, C2 fusion, or uh, we can put you in a halo. And for those of you that don't know what a halo is, the halo is that little contraption that goes around your head. And you have a screw into your skull right here. You have two screws right here. You have two screws back here. And you wear that for about six months to a year to see if you'll, you'll fuse um, naturally. And if you don't fuse, then you have to go back and have the surgery anyways. So with me, I wanted to stay away from surgery because, I mean, oftentimes, even though surgery fixes it, you'll never be the same again, and you have to go back and get surgery again anyways. So I wanted to go the, the halo route. 
So I don't know if you can see or not, but I have a couple pinhole Something. screws yeah, 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 yeah. from um from having that halo. So had the halo and wore it for six months, and this is where things kind of kind of turned a little bit. I didn't really take care of myself as I should, and it, it was kind of a there was a point to where I, I kind of lost track of who I was and what I grew up with as far as discipline and training um i kind of i was in hollywood living living with a girlfriend and it wasn't the best place because my kind of coping with the whole situation is i went out and drank and so when i was going out and drinking it was it was a fun time like people would see me out in the bars with a halo they're oh get him a shot (laughs) so i'm taking shots and with a halo with a halo, you can't you can't move your neck, right? You you can't move your neck. So when I was taking my shots, I was like leaning back like this, like Frankenstein, um, taking shots at the bar, and everybody loved it. And I was pretty funny. I mean, come it, on, it's pretty cool. It's it, pretty it, cool. it was it was. I mean, it was good times. I guess for the way that I dealt with it, I I had fun. Like it was a good yeah. time wherever we went, and I was like literally doing the worm with a halo on it was ridiculous oh my god um so there's that a did... famous boxer that um sorry to cut you off is no no worries what's his name um he, he had a halo and then he ended up coming back and winning a world championship he broke his neck as well that is amazing it's not coming to my my head who his name is but he, i was watching him training with the halo on yeah i was like okay. it was like oh my god did you train like that i did actually and so <laughs> After after a few months of that, I kind of said, you know what, I gotta I gotta straighten up a little bit. And so I would literally go into the gym and I couldn't do anything upper body because that would place tension on your neck. So yeah, I would yeah. train legs. So I would literally be in there on the bike with my halo on, doing <laughs> doing the bike, doing that, and then like doing leg presses, ham curls, oh stuff like God. that with a halo on. That's crazy. Um so you did six months, right? You had it on yeah, six so, months. So I had it on for six months and I uh, went get it uh, went to get it checked out. There was instability still, and so I had to turn around and have the fusion anyways. And so that was oh. one one thing that if I could have looked back and kind of changed the route that I took, I wouldn't have drank. <laughs> I wouldn't have been doing the worm with my halo on, and maybe that could have prevented me from having to go in and getting the um, the surgery. So I ended up. Going in, getting the surgery, C1, C2 fusion. They took a bone graft out of my hip. So I have like a nice big old scar down there. And then I have a scar on the back of my neck as well. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. And so that took about, I think that was a year of not doing anything um, because that would um, that would have screwed up the fusion if I would have trained. And so that was tough. So I had a hard collar on. And, were you working? Uh, How were you working? How are you surviving? Just, just dis, uh, disability. Oh, well, would that make sense? I mean, yes. Yeah, of course. So disability, and I was just staying with friends, and I even did you. Sorry, did, go you, ahead. did you ever have a problem with pain pills? Because like, you must have been no. on pain pills. So it? that that was one thing where I was very disciplined. So they, and that's funny that you said that. So they sent me back with um, like big ass like horse pill Vicodin and yeah. Uh, what was the other thing they gave me? Uh, uh, probably Percocet or um, yeah. Valium, Percocet. Uh, Percocet and Valium. Yeah. And so the first 
what the first day I took them um, like I was supposed to. No, the first two days I took them like I was supposed to. Just got super constipated. I, I didn't really like the feeling. Yeah, I dude, they so, you up. They so, bad, you up. so bad, so <laughs> bad. And so I ended up giving them to my girl, girlfriend, and then she either took them or sold them because I didn't like it. And so it was literally two days after getting out of the hospital, I just stopped. It just wasn't my thing. I have but, a question. I yeah. don't want to divert here because this is so good. You are really, uh, you're a special guy to me, but you're a really kind guy. Did you. you harbor any resentments with, uh, first of all, your dad for moving you to the country or that mm -hmm. place and your brother? You know what I mean? Because you that people don't understand, like, those two incidences, yeah. you, and we're going to go into your success now, but they can really ruin someone's life. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Um, in regard to moving out into the middle of nowhere, I think I was at an age to where I just thought it was cool. Like our dad, our dad got us dirt bikes and like, we just like, we just shot guns, rode dirt bikes, worked on ranches. That's all, that's all that I knew because I was so young. So that really, I just, I considered it a blessing. It wasn't because my mom and dad were divorced at that time. And so every other weekend or so we were going back down to Ventura. So I think that's what kind of kept us oh, grounded and relatively yeah. sane to where I take people back to where we grew up and they're like, how did you turn out the way you are? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's compared, amazing. Compared to the, most of the other people that are up there. So I, I yeah. think, I think the traveling back and forth, that that's what kept us grounded and kind of, let us know what the world is like yeah, all encompassing right i like yeah. that it actually gives you perspective and gratitude because you know exactly. where you see both sides exactly and, and then how about your brother so this happens so you know. so that happened and um man it was bad we didn't talk for a year or two i think it was and i was very hurt because I was hearing he was still drinking. He actually got a DUI after this happened. And even before then, we had like mentioned to him, man, you, you have a drinking problem. And cause, cause that wasn't the, like he was always getting into fights. Um, Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Uh, and this is just me. Did he do something beyond wrestling to give you the injury or was it just wrestling? Like, did he oh, no. you? Was it Oh no, it got, so he was blacked out. Like I had contusions in my forehead from him grabbing a paddle and beating me over the head with a paddle, like stabbing my head with it. Because oh, he was, so it's a full on like, like, oh, cause when yeah. you said it, that's what I was saying. Like when you wrestle with someone and you break the neck, maybe he pole drived you. But yeah. Was something in my gut was saying maybe, oh, so he attacked you and blacked yeah. out. Yeah. He was, oh, he was wow. blacked out. And yeah, so he could have killed you easily, easily. It, it could have been like it could have been like attempted murder, even though he blacked out. Like absolutely, this is, this is crazy stuff. Yeah, cops came. The matter of fact, yeah, cops came to the hospital, asked if I wanted to press charges because it didn't. So I kind of wasn't in the beginning. Like it didn't start off as a wrestling match. To be honest, he pretty much just attacked me when we got, got back it. to the apartment. So oftentimes I say it's a wrestling accident, but then what it actually ha what actually happened is we got back to the apartment where we were both living, 
And he just started yelling this, uh, this nonsense at me, like, oh, you're a horrible boyfriend to your girlfriend. Did it like wow. random stuff. And then like I, I pushed him back down on the couch. I'm like, Jeremy, you need to like calm down, dude. You're talking crazy. And it was at, at that point, it's like he was to the point to where he's drunk and he's just kind of like looking through you, not at yeah. you. Oh, yeah. I know those looks. Yeah. And so, um, so he crossed he, over. He crossed yeah. over to the alcoholism. Yeah. And so he, so he sat down on the couch. I'm like, oh, good. But then he just came up swinging. And so I was essentially just kind of wrestling to save my life kind of a thing because I know how he gets when he's drunk. Yeah. Yet fights, uh, just craziness. Yeah. So, so then the situation happened with him and I. And after the facts, I, um, so the cops came and asked if I wanted to press charges. I said no. And um, after that, I just kept on hearing stories of him being drunk again, getting the DUI. So not learning from the situation, you would have thought that the epitome of alcoholism, the, you would have come to the realization that I have a problem if you nearly kill your brother. But yeah. I understand it goes a lot deeper than that when it comes to alcoholism. Um, yeah. So, so denial and accountability. Most alcoholics don't want to take the responsibility for their actions. Yeah. So, so that's, that's kind of like what I was dealing with there. Just a lot of, um, not anger as cliche as it is, uh, not anger, but it was more or less disappointment. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. You hurt. You hurt deep down because your brother. Yeah. And all you want is someone just to say, hey, man, I messed up. Yeah. I'm and, sorry. And I don't know. I honestly can't recall if he's blatantly like stated it. Hey, I'm sorry for breaking your neck. I, I don't. After all these years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Is he still um, drinking? Still drinking. Um, and not as not as much, not as crazy. It's definitely toned down. For a while, he was doing it, and I'm sure a lot of alcoholics do this. To where, oh yeah, I'm no longer drinking hard alcohol, just beer. Yeah, it's it's, it's a typical thing. It's a substitute. It's bullshit. Yeah, and so um, it had wow. okay. So, but it it has got a lot better. But there are still times to where he still does like off the wall stuff. Yeah, so, like, well, he's, he's an alcoholic. Mad. Yeah, yeah, he's an alcoholic. So here's and, a question: So you go through this process. You're yeah. obviously a forgiving person in your soul because you've let it go. Yeah. Now you're 27, 28, mm -hmm. right? How? When was your first contest? In your thirties? So it, uh, my first contest was 2011. So How it was like six. So it was like seven years later. Eight, nine, oh, wow. oh, five years. Five years. Five so years it later. Was five years later. Yeah. So, all right. I, so in those five years, right? Because you like you made a quantum leap when you started competing. Yeah. You just like you competed and just crushed it. Like yeah. you just you ripped through the competition yeah. like Indian food rips through most people. <laughs> yes. It was I just was like, how long has this guy been competing for? And I remember how quick it was. So so now what gave you the forward motivation? Did you did you have a mentor? Did you see Frank Zane? What did you see and say, I want to do that? What was it? Um, so what it was was my brother, he actually moved out to Minnesota um to pursue his doctorate. Oh, wow. uh, he had his girlfriend that was from out there. So he went out there and um, he became friends with the set of twins that were out there. 
And so uh, they, they reached out to me and they said, Hey, because they saw that I was trained. Oh, so it was a year after my surgery. I was like, you know what? No more screwing around. Let's get back to this. And so it was just that, just when that year mark came done, I'm getting back into it. And so then it was like full commitment to kind of health and functionality uh, especially after what I've been through, I started coming to the realization to like, man, be grateful for what you have um, kind of a moment, you know, it just, it just hit me. And so I had been, I had been training for three to four years and I, there really wasn't anyone that I saw that motivated me. It was more or less just like, what can I do? You know what I mean? Okay. I've, I've been kind of, I've been blessed with a second chance, more or less, like I, I could have died or at the very least been a quadriplegic. And so I think that's what it just, that gratefulness came out of that. And I think that's what my motivation was. It wasn't like some bodybuilder or, or an athlete. It was just kind of all intrinsic, I guess, as that's far amazing. as that motivation. And so it was, so that was what, 2007, 2008. I can't really remember when I started training full out. So it was 9, 10, 11. So it was three years later, uh, those twins, one of them reached out to me and said, hey, we should all do a competition together. And so that's how that kind of came to fruition awesome. was, was like, man, we should all compete together. And like, how cool would that be? Like two sets of twins on stage, like that'd be rad. And the other sets of twins, uh, they were actually like, they were pretty darn good as well. And so... Um, so we're going, we're, we're, we're prepping like there in Minnesota. I'm here. This was going to be, it was the max muscle fitness challenge okay. in Vegas. This was 2011. I believe this was the year before the first actual physique competition. I think oh, wow. the first physique competition was 2012, like a legitimate yeah, like yeah. judges, yeah, rules, regulations, yeah, all yeah. this. So this was like the max muscle fitness challenge. And, um, so it was like a, a month or so before everyone boned out, but me, no, no, no one else wanted to compete. And, and I have no idea. I honestly, I have no idea. I can't recall why they just didn't want to do the competition. And well, my brother, he always, he's always had this thing in his head where he's not big enough. Like, I think, I think going back to like what had happened, I think there may have been some kind of a je underlying jealousy yeah, issue jealousy. with that. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes sense. And even though we're yeah. even though we're twins, he was no. we were same physique. If he would have pushed just as hard as I would, everything would have been fine. But anyways, so um, the cool thing about this competition was that even though none of them competed, they all flew to Vegas to support me. So that was really cool. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, and so um, I made it to the finals, and this wasn't a this wasn't a tested um, competition. So there were some dudes that were yoked out of their minds that were on stage, uh, but I still made it to the finals and I was really, I was really stoked on that. And so that was my first taste of competition. And now, and so from there I was hooked. Like I was honestly yeah. hooked that get, that gave me that much more motivation to do what I was already doing. And yeah. then it was 2012 where I did my first NPC competition. And so again, that's NBC, another organization that they don't test. There's yoked fools out of their mind. And I ended up getting second place and the crowd started booing because they thought that, won. Should, that I should have won. But 
the person that got first place, they, they were on a team that was in cahoots with NPC is like one of those things. That's just yeah. how it is. Politics. It's all politics. Yeah. And so it was just really cool to be in a not tested competition and to get second place. Amazing. Yeah. And so that was NPC. And then later on in another NPC, I did, I did actually win uh, my class. And that was the Lou Fregno in Santa Barbara. That I remember f- that actually because Rob yeah. sent me the pictures. Rob yeah, that, yeah, that was that was first... about 2014, right? Yeah, and that was yeah. the that was the first ever show that Lou Fregno um, Legacy that they put on. put on. So it's cool to be in the books as like the first winner of yeah. physique. I think it was class. I was class D or E winner. I forget what that was, but another organization not tested. And yeah, and so again, still hooked. And so while I'm doing all this, I was just thinking to myself, man, where aren't there natural organizations out there? And so I, I looked it up and sure enough, um, put in like natural bodybuilding and naturalbodybuilding.com came up. And that's when I uh, learned about the INBA. And just like everything else, like there's going to always be cheaters and stuff like that, cycling on, cycling off, that kind of a thing. But I figured this organization, at least they try to make sure that everyone is tested they have you do your um p test and also one one cool thing is to help deter people from cheating is they have a hall of shame so if you test positive they'll put you on blast on their website saying this person tested for such and such they are lifetime banned or they have certain bands to, yeah. to depending on what it is okay so long story long um right. uh two 2016 so i've been competing all this time so 2016 was my first competition and it's funny it took me my first competition was i was living in orange county and the closest competition was in uh in time was bakersfield so kind of funny how that brought me back up to bakersfield right super weird i didn't i never thought about that until just now and so um did that won everything at that show, won my class, won overall, uh, won, I was awarded most muscular uh, of the entire competition. This is including um, bodybuilders. And uh, it was it was really neat. It was a really cool experience. And it was funny because they said, hey, uh, we saw that you're, you're just signed up for physique. Would you want to compete in bodybuilding as well in this show? And well, no, no, no. Um, I can't, I just, I don't know the bodybuilding poses and, and this and that. And so they're all, oh, okay, maybe next time. So it was kind of, it was crazy. Cause I could, and, yeah. and it, it kind of goes to show the difference in between a tested organization and a not tested organization because in the MPC, it's not tested. The physique predators look like bodybuilders now because all oh, yeah, guys, no, they're all running all kinds of gear, steroids and whatnot. To yeah, where you go into a natural organization, it's like this is real. Like you don't have to be on drugs in order to compete, and obviously you shouldn't because it's a natural organization. But it was more realistic, you know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. And as far as this is kind of on a tangent, but I like the fact, like, I think to each their own, and I kind of think it's pointless when you look at these huge bodybuilders. It's not functional, no. you know what I mean? A more a, a majority of them, they're just they're just built to be on stage. 
not yep. really any other fitness aspect. But don't get me wrong, there are those big ass bodybuilders that can do other things, but those are very a very small percentage. Well, the problem is, I think you nailed it. Like as we get older and you see people dying of heart attacks at yep. 49 at 26 is, in it, well, exactly. 20s. Yeah, so it, it it comes back to your mental and physical health. The sport yeah. was created to be a healthy sport, right. not just aesthetics and blowing like and then the synthol and that. So you know yep. what I mean? It's like yep. you want to do something for longevity. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like it doesn't exist anymore. People are just blowing their bodies up. And, and that's one thing that I've I've kind of thought about. Like I I wonder again, not not all of them, but I wonder if there are underlying psychological issues to where they don't feel big enough and because they don't feel big enough they think they have to overcompensate like what is the like what's the point with synthol like when it's just a matter of visualization as opposed to functionality i think it's a combination of um that Right. Mm -hmm. And I think like they say bigorexia where you don't think you're big enough, like yeah. anorexia, you don't yeah. have perspective of what you look like. Yeah. And I think that it's the feeling as well. I think, think when people take drugs, like I can tell you from being a cocaine addict and an alcoholic, mm -hmm. you know, when you take a drug, like I have to be careful if I take a pre-workout and yeah. if I take it and it's too strong in my brain, my alcoholic and addict brains, like if I had two scoops of this, I'm like, whoa, 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 yeah. good. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? So it's like, when you start to pump your body up, if you don't check yourself and look at your mental health and physical health and spiritual health, you start to get down that rabbit hole of like, yeah, but if I just push it a little more. Yeah. Do you and know what I mean? It starts I, to get crazy. I know exactly what you mean. And in regard to that, I feel blessed. I, I don't know whether it was my upbringing, like whether my parents instilled this in me or whether this is just a, a religious a religious aspect. I, I don't know what it is, but with, let's say, the pre-workouts, that's it's a great thing. It's, a, it's perfect that you brought that up because so through competitions, then I got sponsors, and with these sponsors, I got all kinds of like product thrown at me. Like I could yeah. take whatever I want, whenever I wanted. And when I was working out, I had always just relied on coffee. That was my pre-workout. And then... And then these companies started just sending me this pre-workout, like, uh, like pro subs. They had this thing called like Mr. Hyde and it had, like, I remember that one is like 400 milli Yeah. 400 yeah, milligrams per scoop. Yeah. And it got to the point to where I was literally taking it every single workout. Like when I first, when I first was trying it out, I'm all, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to use it on leg day and back day, like my two biggest workouts. And then it got to the point to where I was literally doing it every single workout and I was taking four scoops. And what? Yes. So oh 1,600 milligrams before every workout. And oh that was, I think that lasted for like six months. And then I, and then I stopped them all. Dude, what, are, what made me stop is I had friends that were not only doing that, but they're like huffing like Smelly. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, 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 I know the smelling like, salt stuff. Yes. They're doing yeah. that. And like I sat back and I'm like, wait a minute like it, it kind of gave me like perspective i was looking at them and going that's basically what i'm what i'm evolving to what i'm progressing to and and in my head i'm going i have never like i'm i'm someone that doesn't want to rely on anything else externally like i just want to achieve what i can physically 
naturally in all aspects. And so if I feel that my body is having to rely on these pre-workouts yeah. to get a workout in, I don't want that. I want it all to come from me. Yeah. And so, and so that was 2016 actually where I'm all, you know what? Done. And yeah. so I stopped taking pre-workouts and, um, and now I just drink uh, one or two cups of coffee and I'm good to go. And you're good. I yeah. can't believe that four scoops. I remember, um, yeah. what was the pre-workout called? Jacked. And I'll explode. And I'll explode. Yeah. Explode. Oh, well, I, how about, I, do you, do you remember Rick Fuel? Oh, dude, that was back. That was an ephedra. That was the yes. ephedra. I yes. used to take those. This is funny. This is, they were so old. I never forget this. So I used to take them back in the day. We're talking 2000? late 90s. Yeah, late exactly. 90s, yeah. 2000, yeah. yeah, yeah. And my, my ex-wife now, uh -huh. um, I gave her a couple. I didn't know. I took them. She's like, what are these? I'm like, oh, they're like a pre-workout thing you take. Yeah. So she's never touched them. She doesn't even drink coffee. Yeah. And oh, she used to run, right? And we yeah. had, we're in New York, right? She's like, I'm going to go for a run around the park. I'm like, all right, I'll go walk the dogs. She, she bangs a couple of them. She ran 15 miles. She, <laughs> ran, she used to run like three or four miles. And I'm like, what is wrong with this chick? She comes home and she's still wired and she's cleaning. Dude, when she crashed, she yeah. crashed so hard. She goes, what did you give me? I go, I don't know. This is what I take. Okay, so I, I told you in the beginning how my my freshman year of college, I lived with the Russian dudes. So yeah, yeah. that was actually my first experience. They gave me, I think it was two or four Rip Fuel pills. <laughs> oh and so that was a, my first time ever. So they actually first and only time ever. Uh, they gave it to me and we got to the gym. Once we got to the gym, I immediately went to the bathroom and threw up. That's so strong, dude. Yeah, my man, body man, just man, couldn't. Man. My body just couldn't handle it. I, I totally man, forgot about that. Joke. That was so. That was two thousand or two thousand one. Oh my god! Yeah. All right. So now we're we're in two thousand and twenty-two. Yeah. Um, you left California and you're back. This is funny. You're back like in the wilderness doing yes. hardcore, which I yes. love because yes. you're just going simple, right? It's so yeah. great. Yeah. Um. So here's a question: Will you compete again? Do you want to compete again? All right, so I turned 40 in October. And so this nice. this last October, and well, you know what? I want to do another show at 40. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, I haven't competed since 2017 or 18. Oh, it was 2018. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so, but I've still been lifting. Like, I still, whenever I lift, I lift like I'm competing. Competing, yeah. And so... Uh, when I turn 40, I'm all, you know what? I want to do a competition, but my head's not all there right now as far as competing, as far as. So I want to break this down because yeah. people don't get it. And, and I always like say there's a difference between being the toughest guy at the barbecue and actually fighting. There's a difference Huge between difference. looking good on Instagram and doing prep week and yeah. really 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 getting on a stage yeah and, and and i mean to a level like you've won the natural you know olympia Olymp you're not yeah. like a guy that places somewhere in the top 10 you've won yeah so when you talk about the mindset yeah do you feel that when you're going through because the starvation is crazy yeah like when you do it correctly like yeah. when you cut the calories and you're cutting the fats 
But that last week, when you really like take out the water for twenty four hours, yeah. What 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 for me? Because it, it, I couldn't believe, like, oh my god, this is like crazy starving like yeah. this. When you say the mindset, do you? When you competed the first time, there was something that just went bang. I'm going to do it. Do you look for that, or do you just go? Oh, I'm just going to commit to a mindset and do it. You know what I mean? Do you have to feel um, inspired? You know what? When I was competing, I just more or less I was very apathetic. I can, well, not apathetic. I just I was like a robot. It's the only thing I could think about. I, I didn't really I didn't really have to look for it. I just, just automatically wanted it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it does. It, I like, think, I think, and I think. Do you think it's because I? Uh, it's so weird. Um, you know what you should do? I'll give hmm. you something to do. There's a really amazing film called The Human Design. I don't know if you've ever done it. You put your age, your date of birth, and the time and the place you're born, and there's different human designs. And the it's basically design. a personality test, but it's a little deeper. It's like really deep. And I'm, I'm what they call a manifesting generator, which is I don't know what I'm going to feel, but when I feel it intuitive, I just go. Yeah. And I could change in six months from now. So you might be like me, a manifesting generator. You might step into things because they feel right. And then when they're passed, you're like, yeah, I already did that. I'm yeah. Good. Okay. You don't, you know what I mean? You kind of yeah. move. Like you're like, oh, I'm going to go live in the woods. Yeah. And you, and you find your way. You just, really you just kind of like you, you acclimate really easily. Yeah. Right? You just, you're very, yeah. You just kind of blend and you're okay. very easy with people and you kind of flow with people, but then everything you do, which you have like me, you're really successful. Yeah. Like you don't come second. No. I, I, everything you do in your mentality, I've watched you, you win. Right. You win. Yeah. Even look, even when you post like garage workouts, you're still <laughs> shredded. Like you're, you're shredded. And people go, this guy's, I go, yeah, but dude, this guy is always on. Like yeah. you're never off and you're not put, posting filtered fake pictures. You're yeah. always shredded. Yeah. You're shredded. Thank you. you like, Thank you. You do. You maintain. No, you're like, what people don't understand is there's, you're always you're in the one percent consistently and mm. it's because of your habits you've yeah. got good habits man yeah that's and, what it's all and, about yeah and but from talking to you now and i want people to understand this is like you could have here's what people don't understand they're going to really understand this mm -hmm. you could have been resentful at your dad for taking you away but you found gratitude and perspective you could have been resentful at your brother that nearly killed you yeah. but you forgave him and you didn't worry about that right so yeah. what you've done is you are like the perfect person of you turn every obstacle into an opportunity. Okay. And that's really okay. special. And that's what people don't do now. So yeah. COVID hit and the pandemic, you're like, Hey, I'll move to the woods and I'll still train in my garage. Yep. Now you're a guy that's trained in some of the best gyms with sponsors. Yeah. But you still stay in shape and don't make an excuse. Never. I, I, tr I've never, never thought about excuse. that. I never thought about that. But you do like I watch yeah. you, and I and like because I train in my garage. When my son got born. I enjoy the process, and you're, I, that's why I wanted to have you on because I mm. when I found out you broke your neck, I was like, people need to hear this because when they they'll go back and look at your pictures yeah. of you, you became like an elite champion with a broken neck. Yeah, naturally. And didn't start yeah, and and didn't start training till you were eighteen. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not like that's, you. Were that's arming. crazy. That's crazy to think about. But you, you know what I mean? Sometimes you don't see your own journey. Like I look yeah. at it and I'm like, dude, this guy's in his garage like me, but he's still shredded. He yeah. broke his neck. Like, 
it's yeah. really inspiring the action yeah you know it's 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 powerful man it's it's powerful because it's honest yeah it's really cool yeah thank it, you it's man it's really cool so where does all right now are you are you you've got you got a girlfriend is it uh -huh. fiance married no marriage uh, no kids um, Dan, what's going on so girlfriend girlfriend yes oh and, look at your um, man bun oh my god oh yeah <laughs> Dude, Mike, I, Mike, you're you're my influence. You're my influence right here. I love that. I didn't notice you had a man's arm. Oh my god, this just took it to the whole another level. It's amazing. It, it's like it's, it's it's almost long enough to oh uh, to god. donate. Dude, you've got dude. Your hair's dope. Your Thank hair you, is dope. I love Thank it. You. I watched yeah, this, the it's so this, this is this is definitely the first time that I've I've ever had long hair. I love it, dude. It's, and you trim the beard. So yeah. So let's go back to the um, girlfriend, Beyonce, wife, yeah. kids. Do you think I have kids one day or not? I do. I do want nice. to. And nice. I'm, I'm, it's actually the first point in my life to where like, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to do this finally. Because I, I could never imagine it before. And I still can't. You'll, you'll never think you're going to be ready, right? No. But I do want to have kids ASAP. You'll be a great dad because you're, uh, you've got the right attitude. Like I didn't have my foot. We had our Orlando four mm -hmm. years ago okay. and I waited a long time to have a kid because you know I wanted to be get rid of all I didn't have a great past a lot yeah. of abuse you know what I mean yeah the drug addiction but I wanted to be clear and it, it, it I only wanted one kid so we'll have one it was the best thing that happened yeah you know how, seven how weeks old premature were, how old were you when you had 44 okay 44 okay so I waited a long time like yeah. I wanted to make sure I was ready. I was comfortable. I had the life experience. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, it's like, I know exactly oh, what you mean. And it was so easy when it came. He was seven weeks premature. It didn't bother me. And the nurse was like, why are you so easy going? I said, because I'm ready. Yeah. Like whatever happens. And I, we had him, I found out we're having a baby boy when I got rushed to the hospital with septic shock and nearly died in it with uh, the septus. That yeah. day on my birthday, she said, we're having a baby boy. I got rushed to the hospital and nearly died. Holy so it was such a, crap. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a crazy, I know I was on the gurney and they said to me, the doctor told me you're 50, 50. And I'm like, Rob was actually there. And he, I'm like, dude, you get better odds in Vegas. You don't tell my wife who's pregnant on 50, 50. He goes, well, I can't guarantee you. I think you could die on the operating table. Tells my wife this. Holy crap. So it much for bedside life. manner. Oh, no bedside manners. <laughs> And then he said to me, if you don't take your colon out, um, you'll die of colon cancer in six weeks. He gave me no. Yeah. And I healed myself naturally. Every time they've told me. And then I ran the 30 half marathons a yeah. year after that surgery. He said, you'll never run again. I'm like, I'll go run uh, 30 half marathons. He goes, that's impossible. You, you shouldn't do this. You're going to kill yourself. Yeah. He, every, I fired him as a doctor. I was like, you're, you're fired. Yeah. Like, completely fired. Yeah. I um. <laughs> I, I mean, I how have, many people wrote you off when when they when you're the neck? Everyone must have wrote well, you off. Um, well, yeah, the the doctor said that I wouldn't be able to lift anything above twenty pounds above <laughs> my head ever again in my life. And you see, you do, I've seen you do four plates pressing on the machine. I've seen you squat three hundred fifteen pounds. Yeah. So yeah, I'm like, uh, I just I I have, I have a lot that I could say about doctors. Anyways, so great. So Dan, where can everyone follow you if they want coaching? Oh, yeah. So where do they follow you so on Instagram? On Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, 
Uh, my name is uh, Dan's beard because I used to at one point have a huge beard, but I literally <laughs> um, clean shaved on January 1st because I'm in the process of growing a yeard. So letting not touching my beard, the main part of it for a year. So I want to see how big it'll get. But yeah, so uh, Instagram and TikTok, Dan's beard. That's at D-A-N-Z beard, all one word. And then on YouTube, it's D-A-N-Z space beard. Perfect. Yeah. And, and so it's all the same. And then what about if they want coaching, they email you? Oh, yeah. Email me. I also I have a website too. It's uh, perfect. It's uh, zigfitness.com or you can shoot me an email, dan at zigfitness.com. Amazing. Well, zigfitness.com, been... all one word. Awesome. And I'll put it in the notes anyway okay. um, of the podcast. Amazing to catch up. Man, Dude, I miss brother Mike, you. We're... so freaking awesome to like talk to you, man. It's been forever, <laughs> so and I'll I'll have to bring you back on some. We're gonna do an education, fitness series, mental okay. health, and actual fitness and dieting. Okay, so people aren't doing like, oh, but I did keto and I did this and I did that, and you'll be like, well, stop, because people don't understand that calories do count but it's the type of calories you eat right people think they can eat burgers and fat and saturated yeah. fats and they wonder why their cholesterol is through the roof and i was gonna like say yeah, i don't have to worry about arthrosclerosis hardening of your arteries yeah right but that's what people it's a really good point that you're making like a lot of people don't understand that you when they like a ketogenic diet all they yeah. think all they see is bacon yeah. And I'm like, that's not what a ketogenic diet is. No. And, and you've got to eat monosaturated fat. You don't want to eat saturated trans fat. You want to eat right. good fats that exactly. are good for the heart, good for the blood and your fish oil. So like, no, 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 but it says you can eat bacon. You see guys eat pounds of bacon like on a keto diet I'm like, and cheese. I'm like, that's not a keto diet. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll break that stuff down to, you know, debunk a lot of fact and fiction. And right. even with training, a yeah. lot of people don't understand how to train correctly. They go into the gym and they make no progression, yeah. and then a guy like you goes and trains them, and then six months they're competing. Yeah, there, there's there's like those those common fallacies as far as yeah, if you want to get ripped, you have to do like high rep, low weight if you want to get ripped. But they don't understand hypertrophy and dropping body fat. It's like if you yeah. want to get ripped, it's accumulating lean mass as well as dropping body fat. It's not right. just doing high reps because if you just do high reps, that's muscular endurance to where it's not hypertrophy. You're just yeah. working on endurance when you do that. And, then, and there's another thing you, you said really well, which I, that people don't understand as well. It's it's the combination of lifting correctly, mindful mm -hmm. mind muscle correction, yep. connection, and actually focusing your energy cor correctly and then doing the right amount of cardio, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So you're not just, like you said, some people go to the gym and do two hours of cardio and all they're doing is their body is actually not burning fat. Yeah, they just they're just in that aerobic. It's like a marathon runner can run for five hours. They don't lose weight for a reason. And, and a lot of people, they think just because they go to the gym, they're accomplishing something. Like their mind's not there. They just like go there. Oh yeah, okay, one, two, ten. All right, there we go. Got my lift in. And like they have that kind of like they have no energy, no effort. Yeah. And then yeah. six months later, they go. Oh, I've been going to the gym every day, but nothing's happening. Nothing happens. Yep. Yeah. yeah. You know what I've always found that I've adopted now before we get off that's changed my life? Yeah. Stretching. Oh, absolutely. That people neglect stretching and absolutely. stretching correctly and really deep stretching of your hamstrings. 
your groins, your core, like really getting myself centered correctly. Absolutely. So then when I'm lifting, I'm breathing correctly, my structure's right. I'm not just throwing and I, that's too heavy. No. Yeah. Focus, you know what I mean? I as I get older, I'm like, I stretch now all the time. I never stretched before. It's Absolutely. so important. And then yeah. yeah, so muscular development as far as injury prevention the mental aspect of it when you're stretching, you're feeling it, your mind, like you were saying, you have that like mind body connection that you're yeah. reinforcing that as well. There's so many positive things when it comes to stretching. You know, the crazy thing, Dan, yeah. that, that changed my life. I was carrying so much anger mm -hmm. in my groins. Yeah. I stretched, I started to stretch out my groins and all this anger was coming up, like yeah. blocked emotions. And once I got it all out, my and my lower back, like I was carrying like emotions, like anger. Yeah. So weird, like toxic emotions and like started to stretch all that out. I'm like, dude, I'm not angry anymore. Absolutely. Like, it was weird. Like I was like, damn, there's some stuff in there that, and especially if you're lifting incorrectly and yeah. you're building tension and you're just like uh, uh, forcing it's Our, just not good. We are so dynamic as far as that that mind body connection and holding on to things, toxic things. Both, like they can, it can be a mental aspect, but it influences you physically as well. Like everything's connected. It's just, yeah. it's so dynamic and it's so intriguing how that is, and we don't know anything about it. No, we're gonna we're gonna jump into that because I'm gonna pick your brain because i think that there's a very big correlation between mindfulness mm -hmm. and actual training that people don't want to touch on because like oh i'm doing yoga and mindfulness no like no when i train mindfully it changes my life right and i'll pick your brain on that this okay. has been probably my favorite episode first of all because you're a dear friend and you i'm glad i i know i got dark and deep with the story with your brother but yeah. it's going to inspire and educate a lot of people yeah. dan you're a fucking amazing person i love you man and i can't wait to see you again hey right back at you much love man definitely we have to do this again absolutely and like i always tag on to say i say be kind be nice because everyone can be a dick don't be a dick this is another great episode of a dose of positivity awesome man much love love you mike love you brother bye mate bye and that was your dose of positivity with mike diamond